0: Welcome to the Minovate Gang Podcast, episode 380. I am Steve Borsch, and I am here at IoT Hack Day at Minitronics in St. Paul with my good buddy, Phil Wilson. Hi, Steve. How are you? <laughs> uh, good. 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 Well, we just got done watching the um, the uh, intros uh, of everyone's project. Right. And so the day's really getting kicked off, and uh, it's fun. And, it's, and you know what else is great? Two things. One is to see so many people. Oh, three things: see so many people. Okay, four things: <laughs> see, see people of color and see women. Yes, that are all part of the teams. I mean, yep. it's just great. It's it is great. great. The diversity great. of this
1: group is is really great. It's uh, just, um, uh you know, we had some, we had some pitches from some from some interesting things. Everything from opening uh, uh, windows to drapes to uh, you know, uh, uh, basically doing an IoT. Nerf war uh, with drones thing Uh, all kinds of
0: stuff very interesting stuff and the guys from China yeah that's interesting a group group over in China
1: uh, that's interesting um, yeah they're from Indianapolis but they've gone over there and and I'm a and member of Minneapolis, or one of the team members is from Minneapolis, yeah. so I think that was the connection that, that got that rolling. So, right, right. Um, so yeah, some very exciting stuff. We'll see what happens. We talked last week with with Justin and, and uh, highlighted the fact that you know um, actual companies have come out of IoT Hack Day, like um, Habit Aware is is now uh, doing quite well, and uh, as a startup, and yep, you know yep. who knows something may come out of this. Uh, I, you know, the one thing I wanted to highlight one of those. Uh, uh, projects that I thought was kind of interesting. The the. Uh, crew that's got the model house that they built. Yeah, yeah. That's going to yeah, basically, yeah, As uh, if a window is open in the real house, the little window opens in this this model house, yeah. which I think is kind of which interesting. Which they 3D play, printed, by the which way. Which is which they 3D printed, yeah, yeah, yeah. so really geeky. So, um, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. You know, you know, a very kind of interesting toy, but imagine some of the things that can come out of that technology and what happens. So, right, right. Uh, I think that's going to be pretty exciting stuff. So so, what did you do this week, Steve, besides well, uh, uh, come to hang, hang out with out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, hang out with my feet up on the desk. Well, so I went to uh, Lead Pages Converted 2016 conference. Okay. And I went with one of my clients uh, who did a treat for me, and, and I'm trading some time. And, and um, uh, so the two of us went, and it was um, well attended. There were, I don't know, five, 600 people there. And um, the first day, was a little too much Tony Robbins ish oh. for me in terms of the presentations and and the rah rah and too much business to consumer and I right. was starting to kind of think well maybe this is not that all that germane to me and my business. It's more millennial focused and more focused on people with their mastermind groups, you know, that are doing podcasts and other kinds of things. That, okay, you know, they're promoting their their uh, their sites and their books and their community sites and yada gotcha. yada. But then the second day was a lot more germane, uh, a lot of business-to-business stuff. But more importantly, Leadpages showed their new out-of-beta product called Center, which is something that essentially integrates all your marketing automation stuff. So if you use Constant Contact or MailChimp or you use Leadpages for your landing pages, yada, 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 you can integrate all that stuff and you can create flows which let you automate certain things. Okay. So if somebody doesn't take an action or land on the page, you can send them an email three days later from MailChimp, you know, that sort of thing. So it's real true campaign management and marketing automation. And I was deeply impressed. Nice. And so uh, my client, Greg, always wants to, uh, or he, he says, if hey, if I can get three good ideas out of a conference, I'm golden. Mm-hmm. That would made it worth it. And he said, yeah, I got about 20.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, my, his bar is much higher than mine. If I, if I kind of walk away from a conference. If I get one good thing out of a conference, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's, how about you? What did you do this week? Well, this week I was in uh, Houston for the Grace Hopper celebration of women in tech, yeah, um, was, which is, uh, you know, it was very exciting for me. I, I had the opportunity to join a, a couple of our, our members uh, from BuzzFeed, uh, some of the great women engineers that we have. And um, so it was I was really excited about going f- simply from the standpoint of um, being able to go to a tech conference where I'm actually in the minority which was really yeah. a very unique situation.
0: Now, uh was this the same conference that was held in Minneapolis a year maybe 2 years ago? No, what, I think what, well, the last
1: 3 years been in, uh, okay. the last 2 years been in Houston but Phoenix was before okay, that. But okay. no, Grace Hopper is 15,000 attendees, That's amazing. Um, massive events. Um and um, was very impressed with the level of people that I met. Most of the 85% of, I would say, good 85% of the, of the attendees are recent graduates, uh, young women that have got either a computer science degree or some sort of uh, launch of their career. And uh, it really is, I think the, the biggest thing it, it seems to be is, is not only are there interesting topics and presentations and, and discussions being held, but it really is a giant job fair. I mean, some of the largest companies uh, companies that are out there uh, hiring technology people uh, are there and they're doing interviews and uh, I was I was very impressed with that. It's also the, the center of swag for technology companies too. So, really? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing the booths wow. and, and things that, uh, you know, you see the Googles that, you know, they've just got stupid money. They, yeah. they build these yeah. huge displays and, and it's just amazing to see. But um, it was very interesting. I uh, met some incredible women. Uh, at the Anita Borg Institute, which puts up, puts on the Grace Hopper Celebration of, uh, of uh, Women in Tech, is uh, an interesting organization, and they're doing a lot of great things. Met some folks from there, um, had a chance to meet a you know a lot of technologists, female technologists yeah. from from places like Foursquare and Twitter and Facebook and um, Google and you know, a lot of folks. And we had a, well, we hosted an event Thursday night, just a little thing at one of the local bars, a Buzzfeed event, a Buzzfeed yeah, event. Yeah. We had uh, yeah, about 130 people stop by. And it was great to meet him and talk with him. And, um, well,
0: some and, great stuff. And you and I talked briefly before we started recording. And for those of you listening, um, the um, uh, my brother in law used to office mm-hmm. down, uh, you know, a few offices away from Grace Hopper.
1: Yeah, which is kind uh, of cool. And,
0: and, yeah, because yeah, he was real early on in the computing business. With uh, you know, he's in NASA with NASA and, and um, ended up at Unisys and so on. And he had some grace hopper stories and i'll put a link in there's a good wikipedia article about grace hopper and this is someone who i really hope she never gets lost
1: yeah you know or people forget about her i don't think that's going to happen yeah yeah okay it's yeah, just amazing so and you know we did some trivia uh, uh stuff at uh, at our event at for buzzfeed and so here's here's the trivia question so in 1986 grace hopper was on the david letterman show you remember what she got wide acclaim for describing to, to david letterman was do you remember that, what she was describing um she described nanoseconds she explained nanoseconds oh, to okay. david right, letterman so you. that was one of those uh one of those little trivia pieces she was in so, her 90s when she was on the yes. show yep on letterman yeah yeah yeah. and Why she's also seeing? she's also the one uh, credited with the uh, with quoting the phrase debugging so Nice. So, anyway, some Grace Hopper trivia, yeah. but a great event. Um, you know, there were fifteen thousand people there. I'm happy to say that there were about a thousand men. Um, but if you're a, a male and, and you ever wonder what it might be like as a female in technology, go to this event because it's 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 inspiring to see the quality of female talent that's out there. Yeah. That is. Pure, surely it's very much under recognized uh, and so we've got a long way to go to bring gender equality into uh, into technology um, but um, there's there's really great promise in a lot of these people um, one of the things that that one of my takeaways from the event was that because of all of these interviews and all this I, I sometimes worry about this concept of of um, you know companies that are are competing to hire more women and and try to raise their percentages. Sometimes I think it gets a little lost in the numbers um, that, you know, the desire is to, you know, increase the number of women in technology. Sometimes I'm concerned that we're not necessarily um, encouraging people to, to, to get the full education that they really need to really be great technologists. And it's just, you know, let's, I, I don't want companies to fall into this trap of let's just get, as many people as we can in the door yeah, and yeah, not yeah. necessarily help, you know, uh, grow them as technologists. Well, so. there's a there's
0: one of the most interesting female technologists that I know is a woman named Lynn Fellman. And Lynn Fellman is an illustrator. Mm-hmm. And she does illustrations now for DNA. I mean, she's been on... Yes, on, uh, right, I right, right yeah. yeah, sure, yeah. On, You know, Science Friday and all this stuff. And he's a big fan. And, and um, um, she moved to Washington, D.C., um, she got a Fulbright scholarship and ended up in Israel for a yeah. while working. Uh, uh, and and uh, uh, she does interpretations of DNA, so she's essentially taking sort of these scientific advances and, and putting it into art. Right. And you, um, didn't put, you get a piece? Of the, you bought a piece? Didn't you, or did you? Buy yeah, it? She did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, uh, she did. Did a beautiful piece. Uh, uh, on me and my DNA. But anyway. Which we, is we, exciting in and of itself. Of course. But you know what? Let's, <laughs> let's jump into a few stories here about Minnesota and technology. Never heard of it. Um, uh, <laughs> one of the ones that I grabbed was uh, Minnesota sheriff has to release emails on the use of biometric technology. And so here's one of the things that's going on that, that a lot of people are just simply not aware of, and that is. Um, there's this and there was an article that came out about the enormous facial recognition database that exists that has one hundred and eighteen million people in it. I believe that 's the right number and, um, uh, and and so we know that there are all kinds of different technologies that have been purchased by by police forces and um, and the eff the Electronic Frontier Foundation um, has really been encouraging people to you know, use the Freedom of Information Act or make requests and, and get this information from your your local um, uh, group. And so now, uh, your local in law enforcement. So now EFS has joined the ACLU of Minnesota, yep. filing an amicus brief um, in a particularly egregious case, which uh, um, they. Um, um, one fellow was seeking emails, contracts, and other records related to the use of technology mm-hmm. um, that recognizes fingerprints, faces, faces, irises. Yeah. They didn't say gait because you know they can do gait analysis. Right. That the way you walk is, you walk, is yeah. distinct as a distinct as a fingerprint, and um, and they basically pushed them off. And so um, there's just so much about biometrics that we don't know. So it's going to be interesting to see if, in fact, this is a landmark case. Right. Um, we're just going to have to have to see if that's how it ends up transpiring. But uh, yep. then there was another great one, and I have to make a disclaimer. I was going to say you're you, you got to be you got to be careful there. I bought <laughs> I bought a bunch of stock in Digi. so I want to <laughs> say that up front. want to say it up front. But Street dot com had a story. So please, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, so please buy some. Um, the, no, but the dot had an article about the this small cap could be the next apple of the internet of things and it's a digi international
1: yeah. right. based here based here you know yeah. they're just also lo- a sponsor of iot uh, FUSE, uh, uh, iot Hack day. day yes
0: they are in fact a uh, uh, one of our sponsors and that's probably another disclaimer but um i've been i've actually i've actually bought an exchange traded fund an etf that is internet of things focused and it's uh, Companies you know, like Cisco and and, and, uh, and others, but a bunch of companies that, that are not, Digi was not in there. And I started to go through and looking at at um, uh, some of the other stocks that I have, and I thought, I'm going to dump some of these dogs that have been dogs for a long time and, and buy some Digi. Hey, get rid of that pesky apple, which well, is not performing. Yeah, <laughs> right. But, but Digi, <laughs> Digi is doing uh, doing well, and you know whether or not they're going to be the one, who knows? Who, who buzz buzz knows?
1: knows? Right. But... Um, Anyway, um, yeah, and let, you know, I think that that uh, you know, ahead in the podcast, we want to talk a little bit about the DDoS attack. Uh, that hit down yeah, uh, and And so let's talk a little bit about that because I think that you know there's a lot of IoT overlap in, in what we're talking about these days in, in pretty much every story that we cover. I mean, I that's think right. that there, you're seeing a lot of IoT uh, issues. Um, one of the things we talked a little bit about, uh, uh, obviously, Grace Hopper and more women in tech. But um, there's an article that, that was in uh, uh, the Star Tribune uh, that says, Twin Cities lags nation in minorities and tech jobs. And I'm not sure. I, t- I sort of take umbrage with this with this article because um, we have been growing and in, in, in reaching out, and, and, and more people of color are, are joining technology, and we're really working hard at that. And as evidenced by right by here, Uh And I'm a. I don't necessarily. I think the, the, the headline is a little bit. Uh, Misleading. It says we're lagging the nation, but because uh, in the article points out that um, what is it? Uh, Let me find the number. I want to make sure that I get the number that that in the Twin Cities area only 18 percent of IT workers are minorities, and 82 percent are white. Now keep keep in mind the fact that 85 percent of the population in Minnesota is white. Yeah. So we're actually ahead of the general population.
0: Well, I'd be curious, because did they say, you know, I have not read the article, but have they said anything about um, about um, how we compare to other states? Did they say anything about that?
1: Um, you know, it, 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 it basically, no, it, it ranks us against the nation, so um, okay. you know, we didn't necessarily get anything as far as uh, individual states, but... Um, uh, you know, we are growing in you know in our outreach to minorities and women. Uh, we still have work to do. There's no doubt about it. But I think that, uh, and I'm not I'm by no means saying we should be satisfied that we're we're matching the well, the yeah, average in yeah, the state. Yeah. But uh, I, I I do believe that to say it lags the nation, with you know we lag the nation. Minnesota lags the nation in people of color, and and it does lag the nation in people. Of, you know, it, it it's just it's the makeup. you're yeah. We're Swedes, you know, and it's like yeah. it's like there's a there's a whole lot and of Norwegians don't, don't leave us Norwegians. There's a whole. A lot of white folks in Minnesota, so yeah. we got work to do. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, that. So, yeah. So I took a little umbrage with that.
0: Uh, well, but you know, but by the same token, we have power couples here. Yeah. In, did you see Minnesota. this? You
1: know. Yeah. You and I both know Michael Roventine and Jen Jamal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That uh, Julio highlighted Julio them as, as uh, and, as, yeah, highlighted them as the social media power couple and event planners. So um, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting article. And, and uh, Michael, I, most people know Michael probably from uh, social media. Records. Right, he's right. been involved in that. Uh, he helped. Well, and he's spoken at WordCamp, yes. and the WordPress uh, uh, yep. event, and uh, yada yada the, blogger, yada. the Minnesota Bloggers Conference, right, right, which, right. Which, which just happened, is and so they're doing a lot of great things. So I, I thought that was a great article. But now, you, of course, you yeah. know they will get endless amounts of shit for being known as the social media power. Couple. Right, and right. Sort of, so bring well, it on. <laughs> and what I loved <laughs> is the, was it,
0: the bacon. The bacon picture The of bacon Michael, picture, because, yes. you know, the bacon, uh, for those of you who have not been to a social media breakfast. Big part of it. Big part of it has always been bacon, 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 and there's always these bacon jokes and all that. And they, and, and Julio stuck a picture in here of, of uh, Michael in a bacon costume. So make sure you look at the link just because it's, even if you don't know the guy, right. it's, uh, it's hilarious, I think. Uh,
1: another, a couple other stories of note. I wanted to jump over to this one, this IBM one. I, I, I found yeah. this really interesting that IBM now uses more Macs than any other company. I, find, I found that very interesting. It I is clearly a nine to five matter. It was a cult of Mac uh, yeah. story. So yeah. but. well, but also um, the one thing.
0: So they in this story they said uh, Macs are up to five hundred and forty three dollars cheaper than PC. Claims IBM. Now, IBM has been switching a little bit in terms of how they're leading with their statements and saying that Macs are three times less expensive to support than PCs. Gotcha. And this is something that, you know, for those of us in the Mac space for a long time who got rations of crap from their yeah. their brothers-in-law and nephews who were all, yeah, all right. PCs, yeah. right? No, 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 that we were using toys. Yeah. And seriously, you bought Apple stock? I mean, what are you, nuts? Um, you, or you kept your Apple mm-hmm. stock? Yeah, you ought to dump that crap. And the Apple's not going anywhere, and um, it's nice now to see this happening. Of course, n- now people don't really care, right? You know, because it's almost like it's almost like the whole shift has been toward phones, and it's really going to go towards artificial intelligence and other. Things powering it, but
1: uh, yeah. And I think yeah. we should point out that this this uh, this uh, claim actually that came out of the Jamf User Conference, Jamf Nation User Conference, and Jamf, yeah. obviously a a, a Mac uh, supporter uh, manager and uh, iOS, I, uh, you yeah. know, iOS management uh, device management here in in Minneapolis, and a great company. Uh, you know, we're we're using them as well, and uh, you know, uh, good group of folks. So yeah, and growing rapidly. Um, well, yeah. it's because they,
0: they really, truly are the number one platform for managing Macs and iOS devices, right? They really are. And I, and, and, and I was always skeptical until, uh, until I saw um, uh, I went to one of the, one of their uh, press release kind of conference things, you know, as part of innovate. Sure. And um, uh, this is when um, the iBook store kind of came out and all of that. and the stuff that they were doing, to allow companies mm-hmm. to be able to provision apps but also to be able to provide publications and get them onto the device easily mm-hmm. and all of that was just brilliant you know they were kind of doing workarounds but they were all workarounds that were approved by apple right which is brilliant because then it's not going to get shut down right apple's not going to go nope, we don't want you to do that so we are going to close the hole now they're screwed right uh, after they've trained everybody but um uh, they didn't do that so Pretty interesting stuff. Well, what other
1: top tech stories, Phil? Well, I mean, obviously the biggest one, and we kind of alluded to it earlier in the podcast, is the the DDoS attacks oh, yeah. at Dyn, which uh, really hobbled uh, spots like uh, or, or uh, sites like Spotify and Twitter, and, and um, this all happened yesterday. Well, and, and GitHub. And, and GitHub. I and, was trying and, to f- get you. Yeah, yeah, right. I couldn't couldn't use GitHub yesterday. Right. Um, yeah. So that's that was uh, that's quite the story. And I think that uh, if you have one of your you know your one of your favorite sites was uh, compromised yesterday. Three separate occasions, I believe, uh, they got attacked yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You know, just as Dine got it under control, then boom, another attack would happen. So, uh, Well,
0: and just just to give a little color around this, mm-hmm. so, so you, uh, you may have heard about Brian Krebs, the security researcher. He's the guy that broke the Target story originally. He's got a blog that I follow, and, and uh, he got attacked, and he had the biggest deni- d- uh, distributed denial-of-service attack ever in the history of the Internet. And it was like 600 and some gigabits per second of 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 devices coming after his site to slam his site. And yep. Akamai finally went, "Sorry, we're taking you offline. We can't afford this kind of bandwidth." Right. And yep. Google picked him up, and now he's he's being served by Google. But uh, uh, Dynamic uh, uh, Dyn is a, a provider of uh, uh, DNS services. Okay. Yep. And so I used them for a long time with Dynamic DNS, so I could actually use. A, uh, a, a domain name to get to my uh, house, so I had port forwarding done in my house. I had a little web server in there, and I could get into my. I've closed that hole now, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I also used their um, lookup IP addresses, and so you'd actually use their servers. And so did a lot of other people. A lot of a lot of people don't use like you have Comcast or Charter or Mediacom. You don't use their um, uh, servers for lookup of domain and Internet stuff. Mm -hmm. You actually use Google with 8.8.8.8, or you use uh, dynamic, uh, uh, you know, DYN to to be able to do that. And so people even I know that had gone into their routers and had changed to their IP addresses had no Internet at all because it just simply didn't work. And this is getting really, this is getting ugly. So anyway, the, the whole point to this story is the fact that they're kind of pointing fingers at the Internet of Things. Yes, And that is true to this degree. All of the products that were used, for the most part, not, not 100%, but for the most part, were, were uh, created by a single China, Chinese manufacturer that had Telnet and SSH passwords in firmware. Mm-hmm. You can't change those right? unless you update the firmware. Right. Which means that once you've figured that out as a hacker, black hat hacker, mm-hmm. you can get in to all these devices right. and you can turn them into zombies right. that will do your bidding. And that's exactly what happened. And they turned them all at DYN yeah. and just crushed them. And, of course, that took all these sites, you know, Twitter and and
1: uh, Netflix and many others. So well, if nothing else, it definitely it brings up the, the concept of... Uh, the IOT space again, one of their biggest challenges is going to be overcoming this this security issue. Yeah. And it will always be that big issue because the more the more devices you add, the more gateways you open, the more doors you or windows you might open to your, your site. So yep. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that transpires. At the very least, make sure you don't use the stock password in whatever IoT device you use. So, exactly. um, this really kind of points to uh, some things I saw in an article, Steve, that I, I don't remember wh- where I actually saw the piece. But this concept of, of companies that don't want to have to deal with um, this their security to this extent that so they so they look to companies like Dyn to uh, be in charge of watching over their site to to Absolutely. maintain security this points to this this problem now there's all of these major sites going through one company so there's this ability as as shown Yesterday or on Friday was that you know I can impact all of these sites with a DDoS attack rather than just yep. individual sites by themselves because they're all managed through the same provider. So um, that's another issue that has to be sort of addressed. It's like how do we how do we protect our sites if we're clumped in with somebody else? And I think it's it's probably very much similar to those of us that use shared servers for websites. You know, it's like if that if if one shared server gets you know one site on that server gets corrupt it can impact the rest of the sites on the server so well and not only
0: that but but i was on a shared server at one point with a site that and they got a ddos attack a denial of service attack Mm -hmm. on some other site on the shared server and the entire server was gone right i mean just so boom it's like
1: your entire site is dead and no fault of your own right um so yeah it's a it's a bit of a pandora's box but that's what innovation is all about. You got to find what's going on and, and, uh, and yeah. thwart it. Um, also, I, I, don't, I, I saw this, uh, Apple is having their event on the 27th of October. Thank I guess God. So finally, it's finally a, new man. Well, that's what they say. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, I, I guess the, the tagline for the event is hello again. So, um, uh, well, you yeah, know, maybe, maybe there'll be a new Mac. Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah. But uh, so, I mean will you get new a new device? Will you get a new Mac Pro? If you uh, no, not MacBook a Mac Pro? Pro. No,
0: well, my MacBook iMac, Pro? my iMac is all me, tricked MacBook out. Pro. Yeah, MacBook um, Pro. Yep, I've got a 13-inch MacBook Pro, which frankly is fine. Yep. Uh, I like to have any USB ports in it. You know, yada 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 yada. yada, yada. Um, and yet, uh, I just sold my daughter's uh, MacBook 11-inch from 2010. Yes. Uh, And I got two and a quarter for it, which was maybe a little less than it probably was worth. But it was in good shape. And I just said to my wife, you know, I ought to just hang on to this dang thing. I mean, it's just so nice for, you know, just doing rudimentary kinds of things, right? And um, and instead I thought, no, I really want that new 12-inch. Uh, uh, MacBook, the, the the brand new one that's super thin. You know, yeah, yeah You are
1: gonna. You say you're gonna get well, that. You're, or you're gonna I'm, wait for this.
0: Now? Well, I'm gonna obviously wait. i was but, gonna but, say, but the point you is, fool. <laughs> is, I may very well look at the new 13 inch. Yeah. A 15 is too big. Yeah, same. You know, if you're gonna use it for all the day, but but um, what's happening with pro users on both video and audio side, and and uh, even doing animations, people are so upset about the Mac Pro and the fact that. The Mac Pro hasn't been updated for two years, yeah. and they, they they're starting to move to to, uh, to PC based products so yeah. that they can uh, exactly. get all the stuff and yeah, yeah, so that'll be good to see. But uh, you know, spe- say speaking of Apple stuff, I um, wanted to, to point out an article I put a link in here that that Apple discovered that more than ninety percent of genuine Apple chargers and cables sold on Amazon. Are fake. Yeah, I saw that. That was interesting. Well, it, it's not just that. So there, there are other products, and I think this is this is potentially going to be an extraordinary extraordinary negative for Amazon um, because um, there's a guy that that uh, I follow his blog, and he ended up buying a Cuisinart, mm-hmm. a big food processor, and he got it, and he opened up the box and took it out, and Cuisinart was misspelled. Mm. And he went, oh, Oof. wait a minute. Yeah. He said it looked like it, smelled like it, and they had the right documentation, but he said the power cord wasn't right. Right. I started to take this stuff out, and I thought, this thing's a counterfeit. Right. And he sent it back, and Amazon took it back immediately. Not a problem. But with all of these affiliated merchants with Amazon right. that are selling all these goods, there are so many things that are knockoffs, and including these, uh, you know, they, they say that they're MFI, you know, made for iPhone or made for iOS. Right. If your if your cable is MFI certified or your connector or right. whatever it is, then that means that you've licensed that from Apple and that they've you followed their guidelines. Right. Otherwise, you can't slap it on there. The MFI certification right. and um, and ninety percent are fake.
1: Yeah, unbelievable. Well, I I shared that article with you earlier in the week, Steve. That that piece that I saw about. Um, Kickstarter being the sort of the birthplace of knockoffs for China. Yeah, 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 yeah. That That now, you know, the Chinese have have always been famous for ripping off ideas, knocking things off on a fairly regular basis. And now they're finding that uh, Kickstarter ideas are, you know, Somebody will launch a Kickstarter uh, campaign, and within the week, there's already a product out of China that's that's the equal to it. And um, so, which is disheartening to me because even here, I mean, we talked about this—the the, the IoT Hack Day team that's now in China, that is in China, participating today. Um, you know, it, it's a of concern to me that many of our IoT startups here in Minneapolis end up going to China for manufacturing. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like the folks at Particle, and and I don't, everybody seems to once they get sort of a funding or they get noticed, then they'll start taking their their um, their manufacturing over to China because obviously it's it's less expensive, uh, it's quicker, you know, they they they've mastered the industry, but I think that that it also says that you know. People, you know, there might might be more protection here if you stop taking uh, ideas there. But once it's out, it's out.
0: Well, but you know what? I mean, just just to sort of put this in context, um, I dated a woman when I was in my 20s who was with a corporate travel service. She was a owner, and um, she'd go on these junkets. They, sh- you know, show off a sure. resort and so on. And so she went over to see a resort in China, and uh, then spent five days or something in Hong Kong. And she called me and she said, do you like Ralph Lauren product? And I go, well, yeah, yeah. And she goes, "Um, you know those shorts that you have, the Ralph Lauren shorts? She goes, I'm going to buy you a couple here because they're five bucks a piece. Yeah. and the Ralph Lauren uh, pullover shirts and all of that—same thing. You know, they were just like n- nothing. nothing. Yeah, and it turns out all of them were counterfeit. Yeah. and so she shipped, threw them in a box and shipped them back, so she didn't have to take them through customs. Right. Well, now Bill Gates goes over there back in the heyday of Microsoft in the '90s, and uh, somebody that's with him, one of the journalists, starts taking photos of these markets. Where I mean, honest to God, yeah, every it, single it, think, thing yeah. Microsoft made was there? there you could right? buy it for. A dollar, right? Yeah, you know all the knockoffs and all that, and uh, and there's even cars. You know, cars are being knocked off. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. So it's almost like you can't stay on top of it so it's, yeah. uh, it's not just Kickstarter it's... No, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that that's, uh, you know, ultimately that's a problem with any country that doesn't respect intellectual property Yeah, and have laws about it. But then the, the Apple stores that were there too, the knockoff Apple store. Right, yeah, exactly. That you walk in and one guy walked in uh, an jur- American journalist walked in and he took pictures of it and I think it was on either The Verge or Gizmodo or something but uh, he walked in and he went I swear to God, I thought it was at an Apple store. It was exactly. Exactly, the same. yeah. The T-shirts were the same, you know. I mean, it was just. And, and people that worked there that were Chinese thought they were working
1: for Apple. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right.
0: So um, uh, this was kind of interesting. Now, now, Tim is really high on this and excited about it. Amazon launched something called Family Vault, a way for families to share prime photos, free storage. Which I thought was really interesting because, you know, I mean, you can do that with iCloud. There's iCloud sharing, so you can share, everybody in the family can share photos with one another. You can do that with friends as well, I think. Um, But um, uh, this is good because the storage is cheap, and they're obviously leveraging Amazon Web Services
1: for this. So all the infrastructure is in place, so uh, the performance should be great. Well, it's interesting to me. We're seeing more and more and more photo sharing sites. We talk, you know, we talk more and more about security and that sort of thing, and, and privacy. And and you know, it's interesting to see uh, as technology and as the social side of the internet sort of grows and becomes more familiar that less and less people worry about sharing pictures, sharing anything across yeah. the internet. So it's interesting how privacy our Perception of privacy changes, uh, right, and based on the technology. So, right, right, interesting stuff. Well, last but not least,
0: in terms of our other top tech stories, uh, our buddy Tim must have put this in too. Oh, yeah, uh, as our former Kodak guy, that uh, Kodak revives its Ektra brand with a camera centric smartphone. It's got a huge ca- camera lens yep. on the back, and um, uh, which is kind of obnoxious, you wouldn't put a case on it, but it does have a Looks like a leatherette kind of uh, uh,
1: case right. already um, on the on the product, but uh, yeah, it's got that. it if you you know, remember the old uh, SLRs and and, yeah. and cameras. It's got that leather sort of uh, inlay to it. So right, yeah, it does right. look kind of cool. It does look very throwback, but it also doesn't look like a bad phone. I mean, it's an Android device, obviously, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is one big ass lens on that. It so is. it's uh, it is. one thing. It's I guess you can't change lenses on it though. you? that's too bad.
0: Well, but also you know people don't really see Kodak as a relevant brand anymore. Right. I mean, I, I should don't, tell, don't that. tell that don't tell that to anybody. In anybody Rochester, under yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: yeah.
0: should I go first on our cool thing of the week? I my think friend, you should
1: do your cool thing of the week. All friend. right,
0: all right. Well, this is actually a Kickstarter that I don't know if it's been knocked off or not, but it's a product called SimPro, which is a outboard device. So rather than if, if you want if a lot of travelers uh, and even even uh, my daughter when she was working for Best Buy had two phones her personal phone and her Best Buy phone ah, um, because right. they wanted 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 you to have a phone that they could lock down and and they didn't want you doing you know your own stuff on there and so forth and um, and the Kickstarter project I'll the link in here to this but what it is is it's basically an outboard device that's real thin and small that you can put A sim card in and use it for voice and data and there's an app on your phone that you can use to call through that device if somebody calls that sim on this outdoor device um, it'll actually uh, ring your phone or Uh your ipad if you're if you're carrying you using the app on your ipad right and um and they uh, tried to raise 35 grand they've raised 80 good so it's kind of cool very
1: cool well, here's another another uh, another uh, uh, gadget that's in startup mode or in fundraising mode. You'll find this one on Indiegogo. This is called, for you bikers, this is called the Skunk Lock. Uh, I don't know okay. if you've, uh, if obviously if you if you see anybody in the city these days, most most bikers are using um, the U lock, the big metal bar type. Lock. Um, this is the Skunk Lock. It, it combines that technology. The. The issues that even with any lock is is that you can cut through it. Uh, the you only get a, bike lock that fights back that is the fights egg, back. Yeah, exactly, line? exactly. Yeah. Wait a minute. Now, what does it do? It's basically it's it's got a scent a scent in it that is vomit inducing. So if somebody <laughs> tries to cut the lock open, it releases this scent How and uh, basically makes the, the the guy cut through your 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 lock. Uh, violently ill so that's actually brilliant. i you know i don't know if it'll necessarily stop somebody from stealing your bike but it sure is a good kick in the nuts if it <laughs> just for doing it so that's i, I found that very really interesting so skunk lock it's an indiegogo right now so uh, you might want to take a that's peek great. at that as well that's so great. um yeah so those are the cool things of the week what do we got coming up as far as um uh uh New events? Anything exciting?
0: Well, yeah, I haven't really done a whole lot of uh, examination of new stuff. I've just been too busy this past week. But um, God forbid. And, and this isn't exactly new, but the, the we made it by the Minnesota Cup on November seventh. Well, the clockwork. Yep. I was actually talking to a couple of women out here at the IoT Hack Day, and we were talking about women in technology and all of that. And, and one was one woman was saying, "Well, now you know, how would I?" I mean, do you know of women-owned companies here? And I said, "Well, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact," and, and showed her Minovate and showed her the link here, and we went to the link. But um, that that's a great event. Twelve women-owned companies, yep, uh, women startups um, that uh, um, are showcasing their their uh, their wares technology and, adventures, and then, right?
1: right? And uh, very cool. So that'll very be really cool. Be cool. So, you know, and then, uh, you know, I'm sure that there will be some things coming up this week that we can talk about, and we will probably do so next week on the Innovate Game Podcast. Thanks for joining us at IoT Hack Day. Take care.